Today on the show, we're bringing on a Boise State running back. But before he landed here at Boise, he had a whole story behind that. We get to learn about him as an individual, the ups, the downs, what it's like playing high school football in California, what it's like playing college football at Oregon, the adversity that you go through, what motivated him going through at the collegiate level, and what he's enjoyed about playing football here in Boise and what we expect to see from him moving forward. It's a full-on story today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. We're almost five years running into the show. 92 different countries, 72,000 downloads. We continue to grow this, and it's because of all the supporters here, especially those who are in the Valley. This is going to be a special interview for those who are here in the Treasure Valley who have followed me from the beginning or might have just jumped on in the journey midway through, or maybe this is your first time listening uh, because of the guests that we have on today. Either way, those... Those folks here in the Valley where I've been born and raised um, are super, super special to me. So I just want to give a special shout out to all of you guys. Thank you so much. Now, if you guys haven't done so, hit up uh, Apple Podcasts, find the show, and leave me a review. That helps get the show out to more people. So make sure to leave me a review. If you're listening to this and you haven't done so already, I greatly appreciate the review. It's just like any business. If you leave them a review, it helps with the algorithm. So just go ahead and, and leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Special interview today. Um, it's funny. I, I got hit up immediately by three different individuals. I was actually in Mexico at the time. It's in Cabo. And I get hit up by three different people as soon as this guy makes a post on his Instagram story saying, Shane, you got to get him on your show. Got to get him on your show. Got to get him on your show. I even had people like offering my buddy Mick, um, who I used to work with. Mick is a good a friend of mine. He's like, I, I can get connections, man. I got him. I'll get him on your show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, wow. I got to get this dude on my show. So I hit him up and here he is. He is here today. This is Cyrus Habibi Likio from uh, Boise State, former Oregon Duck, now Boise State Bronco. Cyrus, thanks so much for joining the show, man. I appreciate it. I'm super excited. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, people reached out. That means a lot to me. And that, that, that comes to show how awesome this podcast is, too. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Oh, man, you're a stud, man. I love the fact that you're willing to get out there and share your story. That's what it's all about, man. People want to hear it. So, like, a lot of Boise State fans, I'll be honest, I was one of them, uh, we weren't too familiar with your style of play, you know, necessarily like when you first came on. And when I saw you start playing, I'm like, who the frick is this guy? This is dope, dude. This guy's, this is legit. So I started kind of digging in. I think the majority of our fans, like the fan base started like looking in, like, where's he from? What did he do? Like, this guy's a stud. And uh, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Cause yeah, your, your playing style is one that uh, I think all fans of college football um, would really like. I'm kind of bummed that I'm a Blitnikoff award voter and I'm not voting for running backs because you're a stud, uh, stud uh-huh. running back. But yeah, I, I vote for the best receiver in college football, but I don't get to check out the running backs too often. But Cyrus, well, I want to go back in time. Let's rewind the clock. Talking about your upbringing and where you're from and when the first time was that you picked up a football. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm from I'm from the Bay Area, California. Um, it's not, not a lot of people know where that is. That's uh, near San Francisco. Just south of San Francisco is where, where I'm from. Um, I grew up in Palo Alto, California, uh, where, where Stanford University is. Um, both my parents, uh, my mom is Iranian, uh, from the Middle East. 
and my dad is Tongan from the South Pacific. So both of them were born, um, you know, in their countries. They moved here. Um, they met in junior college in the Bay Area. <laughs> and uh, my life growing up was pretty kind of, I like to tell people, it was a little twisted just because, um, you know, my mom coming from the Persian culture, uh, my grandpa's a doctor, they were very wealthy, um, kind of whatever I wanted and needed, I had. Um, and then, you know, then I had my, my dad's side growing up um, on my Tongan side and, you know, three bedroom house, 12 people, right, sleeping on the floor, um, you know. Didn't have anything, you know, but it, I, I, for me, I took both, you know, um, the great from both. If that makes sense. You know, I learned how to appreciate things without money and I learned how to be humble with money, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, my upbringing, like I said, I kind of lived two different lives. Like I said, it was twisted. Um, but um, the, the best thing for me that kind of brought both lives together, which I tell people is that football was the first thing that because my, my family separated when I was young. I was about couple months when my parents split they were very young as well um, and football was kind of the first thing when I was about eight years old when I picked it up and um, football was the first time I ever seen my family together in one place um, so for me football is very special to me just because it's um, I even have a sticky note right on my on my wall right and I wake up you know just just a reminder of what what football has done for me um, yeah football has given me a platform and it's able to make me millions of dollars, but that's not the main reason why, you know, I'm motivated every morning. It's just because of that reason that I told you. Um, so football around eight years old, I played Pop Warner. Uh, I, was, I was late to number day, so I was wearing number 72. I was not <laughs> not happy about that. They gave me, the, you know, not bagging on the number, but, you know, I felt like I was a skilled position, but I was just a bigger kid. So first year I was playing guard, number 72, tearing people up on the whole line. So. Dude. From a guard to a college running back, that's a that's a good line right there. That's hilarious, yo. And what's um, funny, a lot of my friends and guys who play, you know, college football, they all started off as like some type of lineman and worked their way into a skill position. So it's pretty trippy. How <laughs> funny is that? You know what's interesting is you say that I I was so pissed when I first started playing tackle football. We didn't play tackle here in Idaho until I was I was nine. So yeah, nine nine years old is when I first started playing but they put me at right tackle and I was so pissed because I was always a tight end. Even in flag, I would run, you know, and in tight ends in flag football, you actually run out and catch passes. I was so pissed because I was just blocking on the line and I'm like, this is stupid. And then three years later, they moved me to tight end where I could play. I was like, okay, at least I can go out and catch some balls. But it's like, I hated the line, but that's it. I'm not dogging on the line, the line you need them. But like, if you want to play the skill position, that's what you want to do. Plus the numbers suck. Like exactly. you want, you want a good number. So, Oh, uh, I actually want to, I kind of want to dive into that. You said you would learn from your family's lives. Like on that one, Cyrus, when you're, you're talking about, you know, two completely different cultures and, and backgrounds completely, they're on complete opposite sides of the spectrum there in regards to their upbringings and the different ways about doing things. What do you say would be one of the best things you learned from maybe your mom's side of the family um, who maybe came from a wealthier background and had, you know, were blessed in that regard. And then maybe your dad's side of the family. I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of, uh, of the Tongan culture. We've got some in, in our extended family of my own. Um, and kind of like how, you know, they're very family centric. Like it's a very family centric culture with the Tongan culture. Maybe what was the the top thing you learned from each one of them? Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as my, my Iranian side, um, man, just a very high class culture, if that makes sense. Um, I learned a lot of, just had to be respectful towards people. A lot of my manners, table manners, simple things like that. Um, 
I just learned what it was like to have everything, if that makes sense. And um, it was very humbling, if that if if that makes any sense, just because I had the obviously the other perspective. But yeah, just as far as like my, <laughs> I'll be honest, like my smarts, everything, my mental is kind of more. I would say it kind of all works hand in hand because like my mental is more my Iranian side, and obviously my physical is you know what it's like. You know, like you said, you have extended family. All those Tongan guys are. I'm considered small in my family. I'm not. I'm the fast, small guy, but still, like, my physical, you know, I, I got it, you know, from my talking side, if that makes sense. Um, so just learning that from my Iranian side, it was just kind of, like I said, just kind of made me who I am, you know, constantly smiling. I'm always, you know, um, you know, like I said, table manners, being respectful to my elders, uh, things like that. And I didn't, it's not like I didn't learn that in my talking side. It's just it was very heavily enforced. And I was the only child at the time. Um, so those were things I was constantly learning. Um just from my Iranian side. And then um, as far as my Tongan side, like I said, I feel like what I've learned from there is just being happy with, with nothing, um, you know, because we didn't really have anything. We had each other. So it was, it was kind of nice, I feel like, from a football standpoint. Um, that's what really intrigued me about football is because, you know, we had each other. It's kind of that same feeling. Um, on those hot summer days when you're grinding, you know, you have nothing. <laughs> there's no there's no cameras out. You're not on the lights. You're not scoring touchdowns. There's no glory in that. So I felt like it kind of reflected what that was like growing up. Um, so we grew up in, in Palo Alto, um, low-income apartments. Um, originally, my whole family's from East Palo Alto. It's a, about 2.5 square miles was the murder capital at the time. Like, absolutely. There's not, you know, yeah, usually – a. Okay. Um, you know, usually like in a city, right, there's good parts, bad parts. I mean, this small city was everywhere was bad. Every corner you turned was bad. Um, paint on the stop signs were ripped off because nobody stops there. Like everyone, like they don't want, there was no stop signs. Like you don't want to stop. You stopped, you get, you know, <laughs> you, you finish the rest. But just being able to come from a place like that and survive and and i feel like kind of helped me more with like i would say my running side helped me with like my book smarts and my tongue side was very street smart you know i was looking over my shoulder every 10 to 15 seconds you know um so like i said very twisted lifestyle um shoot hopefully I, i'd like to make a movie out of it one day or something because it's pretty cool um just to be able to go through that so i feel like those are kind of the things i picked and pulled from each side yeah, no doubt. That's super, super cool. Not many people can say that, you know, and that's why it's cool to kind of hear your story, um, hearing it from, you know, everyone's coming from different backgrounds. Of course, they get different sides to their families. Everyone's got different families, but it's kind of cool to hear it if you've got one side of the spectrum to the other. I do like that you mentioned, you know, the unity um, that you, you felt in football was similar to what you felt with your family as well was the unity. Those days that you know, you have your brothers with you on the side and people always make jokes, all those stupid jocks. It's not a true brotherhood, da, 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 da. but it's actually, that's far from the case. We, they don't understand what goes on behind the scenes. All they see is what's happening on a Saturday or a Friday night, whatever it may be. Cause like you said, the lights were on, you're scoring touchdowns or whatever. They don't see what's happening in the summertime when it sucks, when, when everything sucks um, and who you actually have next to you. Now, growing up, I want to ask you this, Cyrus, as you were growing up and going through the ranks of football, at what point did you realize like, oh, I can actually play at the next level, like the collegiate level, and not only at the collegiate level, at a, a, a top 
collegiate level, like a Pac-12 school or in this case, Boise State now. But when did you actually realize, like, okay, I'm built for this? I would say probably I started taking workouts seriously around like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. Uh, I would say seventh grade was probably when I kind of realized just because, um, you know, my uncle was having me wake up at like 6 a.m. to run hills, like, <laughs> like, you know, just crazy stuff like that, you know. But the thing is, is what helped me realize that was I wouldn't complain. Like when I woke up, I was excited. I looked forward to it. So that's kind of when I realized like, wow, I actually, you know, being super young, I, I don't know how I realized it, but I was like, wow, I love this, you know, like this is this is for me. Um, and at, the, at that time, I was focusing on, I went to a private high school um, called St. Francis in the Bay Area. Um, and at that time, like the private high schools, everyone in Pop Warner, that's kind of like our college. Like we were trying to get there, you know, like college wasn't even mine. Like, mind you, I grew up down the street from Stanford. So I watched or Oregon was my favorite team. Um, I watched them play all the time um, and even watched Stanford and, and all that, too. So um, I had an idea of what college was, but um, I would say seventh grade, it all kind of clicked just because I really wanted to get to that high school. And then obviously when I got to that high school, um, I'll rewind, I applied to a uh, high school called Bellarmine. Um, okay. Everyone on my team made it. I didn't make it. They didn't approve me. <laughs> like it was crazy. It was fun. That was probably like my first like adversity. Obviously, besides growing up, like how I grew up, but like it was kind of like the first time. Like damn, I got denied. And they're the rival high school that I didn't even apply to the St. Francis that I went to, and they just they instantly accepted me. It was wild. I, I think I'm the first person to ever apply to that school and get in. Not apply to that school and get in. And then. Rewind a few years later, that team I didn't apply, uh, that I didn't make, they, they've been beating us for 10 years. And like, I was like one of the guys that kind of started that streak. Now we haven't lost them in six years since, since I beat them my senior year. So it's like kind of like a whole. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> right. I was just at that game Friday, that rivalry game. But anyways, um, you know, got to St. Francis. Um, and then, yeah, ever since St. Francis, I got I was like the first freshman to ever be moved up to varsity um, in, in, in football history there. Um, me and a guy named Bennett Williams, he plays uh, for Oregon, my high school teammate. He was at Illinois, went to JUCO, now he's at Oregon. Um, he's, he was their starting safety, he got injured. But uh, anyways, yeah, so that happened. And um, kind of like seventh through freshman year is that gap where I was kind of like, damn, like this is – this is pretty dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm out running around the varsity guys. And I'm like, yeah, the speed is fast, but it's not like, not as bad as I thought, you know, watching from the stands and sidelines, like, um, and yeah, then it all kind of clicked. And then, uh, I sat on my sophomore year, I had a shoulder injury and then I, they let me go my junior year and then, yeah, all those offers started flooding in. <laughs> Man, that that's crazy though. Like, it's cool to see that. Like, it, it sounds like you were definitely built for. It. You're putting in the work, obviously, going getting up at six in the morning, uh, running hills at a younger age, and liking it. Uh, when I talked to Sean Oakman, former Baylor uh, defensive end, on my show a couple, it was probably about two months ago now. Um, Sean was talking about like you have to do the stuff that you hate and just act like you love it. Like, do the things that you hate, and even when you don't want to do them, you got to do them like you love them. Um, and that's what he was saying. But it sounds like you didn't even hate that. You were enjoying it. But there's it probably set the the tone for later on when you, uh, yeah, when you started, you had to start doing the tough stuff in the, in the higher divisions of football, you do those things, you continue to do those things, you prepare yourself for the next level. And it's also cool to hear that like when you were playing with the varsity, that's one of the things that people talk about is the speed of the game when you play in the higher levels. And if the fact was that you weren't actually seeing 
that being too fast for you, you things were actually like your speed. That means you were built for it. I think that's super dope. Also, California football. I just want to get your opinion on it. Okay. I want to get it from someone who's played there. Everybody hates on California football. I've got a lot of connections back East. Um, I'm a Litnikoff award voter. So I have a lot of connections with people that vote and a lot of them are in the sec country. And so a lot of people hate on the California football, but I, I had done an, a mini series on the OG ducks and they're like a, a youth organization. They used to be known as the inland empire ducks. Yeah. Um, you know, Hank played for them. I believe at the, at, at one point um, in his career, Bachmeyer did. So like, Back there, they're like 14 years old, and most of them go to they end up going to like you know, what, what St. John Bosco, they got a safety. Peyton Wood, uh, Woodyard is over there, he was with the OG Ducks. So, I, I learned a lot about California football, and I, I gained a huge amount of respect for it. But I, for someone who played there, give me your insight on California high school football. All right, well, to me, I just feel like, especially down south, I feel, I feel like north is kind of underrated. I'm from the north, north side of California, but. Overall, California high school in general, um, I mean, it is super competitive, but I just feel like we just have some of the best athletes. I mean, you got not even just athletes. I'm talking about just greatest players, right? Um, so one of my rival high schools, Tom Brady went to, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers from Northern California. Like, we have a lot of guys that are, you know, up there, you know what I'm saying? So that's why, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Florida, this and that, has the best high school athletes. But I feel like – California high school football creates like some of the greatest athletes, if that makes sense. Um, totally. Overall, just most successful. And I think at the end of the day, I think that's the most important. I mean, I get it. Yeah, you can run a 4 one, five, 40, but seven Super Bowl rings kind of sounds a bit Ooh. better. Right? <laughs> but uh, as far as just California, yeah, like I said, it's very competitive. Um, I do feel like as far as like when it comes to pride and, you know, how high school football is ran, I feel like Texas – is you know i just feel like they have so much money if 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 uh, california football had as much attention or like money put into it as much as um you know texas football i feel like high school football i feel like california would just be it'd be clear it'd be super clear how untouchable it is um but as far too like even in california i feel like it's hard to play high school football and recruit these guys because um there's a lot of trouble in California, you know what I'm saying? Like in um, SoCal, the Bay Area, like a lot of the a lot of the best guys, the best athletes I've ever seen were the guys that were out doing crazy stuff, you know? Like I'd be at the park with some of my friends and you know, they're smoking, drinking every day, doing all this crazy stuff, but they're freaking windmilling, dunking on that <laughs> nothing, you know, and and just absolutely leaving me in the dust when we go play pickup football, right? So it's like um, I feel like, too, like California, it's hard to play football there just because of all the, you know, violence and everything going on. So um, I feel like it says a lot um, for California football to be able to not have your best players playing and still be pretty great. So that's kind of my whole view on, on California football. Um, I wouldn't like if if people know who I am, I'm very like bayed out. I love the Bay Area. Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like too short E40 guys. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah, from the West Coast. So um, those guys are, like, in my top five. Like, I listen to those guys. Yeah, all that new stuff is cool, but, like, I'm constantly listening to Bay Area music. Like, I love California. I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else, like, especially the Bay Area. I think it fit – God put me in the perfect, like, scenario. Yeah. Like, put me in the perfect area. So I'm super proud of where I'm from, and um, I think a lot of people know that if, if they know who I am. 
that's dope. So, so are you a Warriors fan? What, what, who's your basketball squad? Yeah, of course. Um, I was going to those games when they were like 11 bucks. Like they were horrible. <laughs> like they were so bad. I mean, I was there with Baron Davis, Monte Ellis. Like I go to some of those games and, um, I follow it now. I just, just cause I'm so busy with football and, um, I'm more of a, I, I, as soon as I'm done with football, I, I'm doing something else that's not really sports related just to help get my mind, you know, right. But, um, yeah, Dubs fan. And I'm, a, uh, I love the Giants too. I would say the Giants. I've ever been to a Giants game. You got I haven't it. been to a Giants game, but I've heard that they're, it's the atmosphere is legit. It's amazing. Um, you don't get that at the A stadium, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an A's fan. So, uh, <laughs> How are you? okay. I, I was going to ask you that. And you know what I'm saying? If they both play out, I'm going for the A's, um, but you know it's hard not to be a Giants fan. The, the, it, it's amazing there. So um, yeah, those are kind of like my two teams. But I'm not a 49ers or Raiders fan. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Who's your NFL team? So I grew up um, just randomly. So everyone obviously is, uh, you know, Niners, Raiders. It's a big, huge rivalry. And I was like, I just want to be different. So I chose the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> went across the the country that's cool uh, i like that blue you know what i'm saying um they weren't good at the time steve smith was going off Derek anderson i believe or oh my or gosh Derek anderson holy cow like let's go back in time bro <laughs> oh man and then they went on that run against the broncos um right and the bay, super bowls in the bay area and my high school was pretty cool we got to uh wear like all their motion sensors the day before the game and they made me run routes on the field with my team and we had to run plays to like make sure the cameras were good so that was kind of like a dream come true because um, i got to war where um jonathan stewart's freaking you know little <laughs> dude that's actually really cool the yeah. experiences you get to have for for being over there that's actually pretty dope and carolina i'll give them credit like i remember a funny thing about the panthers back in 1995 i was eight years old Sega Genesis was my like console that I used to use. We used to play Madden on there and you could do a cheat code to get the Jaguars and the Panthers to be unlocked because they weren't coming in until the next season, but mm -hmm. they would let you unlock them. So I'd always play with both of them because I thought their helmets were really sick. I'm a Cowboys fan through and through, but uh, the Panthers and the Jaguars at the time were like the coolest things ever. I used to play with them both because they had the coolest unis look good, feel good, play good kind of thing. And so <laughs> I always, I always had respect for them. And then, you know, obviously Newton went over there looked good. You know, I just like, I like their uni. So I give you respect for that. That's super dope. You know, Cyrus, as you're, as you're going on in your football career, I do want to touch base on like the next level. You know, you get out of high school. It's kind of cool to hear like your high school experience though, how you even got into that high school and how, you know, that whole, uh, you know, thing worked, but going into the next level of football and you started getting, you know, recruitment letters and everything. And you you decided what, what made you decide to go to the school that you went to um, at the next level before you ever got to Boise state, what made you go? where you went yeah um a big thing for me was i'm a big believer just on that feeling you know i don't know how i had to really explain it my gut feeling um so i got there um i felt that there i didn't really feel the closest place actually that i felt it um was here when i when i visited boise state in high school but um like i said i grew up an oregon fan love oregon so uh, my gut felt right there and another big thing for me like a a big key um, I would say for kids getting recruited in high school is, is go somewhere, um, where you feel like you can stay if your coach leaves. Um, that was huge for me because my first year, uh, 
before our bowl game against Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl, we got destroyed. But um, our first our first game, right before our first bowl game, our first, I redshirted because we had a guy named Royce Freeman. Um, my coach left, right? Willie Taggart bounced out to Florida State, I believe. And uh, that was a huge thing for me. I'm like, I need to go somewhere where, you know, if my coach leaves tomorrow, I'm still happy here. You know, I could still thrive in this program, enjoy it, enjoy my teammates, enjoy the area. And um, that's exactly what kind of happened. And it's kind of crazy how, um, you know, that did happen because that was like a big motto for me going into to college recruiting. Um, and as far too, like playing time is, is huge. Like know where you're going to be. I, I was, um, I showed up and I walked into the running back room Right. They're like, no, you're with the linebackers. I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. Go to the linebacker room. No, you're with the running backs. Come back to the running. No one knew where I was going to play. Like I wasn't even expected to play at Oregon. I was on. We had four, three to four guys, you know, um, running backs recruited. Um, I wasn't even supposed to really play. And then I just put my head down and kept working. I got a lot of burn at Oregon and, and a lot of touchdowns. I mean, I was a red zone guy, but no one expected me to play. Right. And uh um, I'll never forget um, a guy they recruited a running back. One of them, he got there, or he 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 uh, committed, was signed, but didn't make it. I think because of grades. So they handed me a notebook with his name on it, his running back notebook, and just crossed it out and drew my name. And uh, I still have that notebook. <laughs> it's like my little motivation. I was gonna say, okay, let's touch base on this for athletes that are out there that might be in a similar situation, right? Um, I'm sure that actually happened. Not I'm, the notebook, I don't know, but we're gonna touch base on the notebook too. But I'm sure the situation happens where they get into a, they're like, oh, I'm the big dog going into this school, and like I'm gonna go in here. Well, when you get to the next level, especially the Division One level, um, everybody's there. They have pre-established people. You got, re, you know, returning players that are you know upperclassmen that might be returners like this is the reality you're facing talk to us about that cyrus how mentally at that time you said okay well and then they hand you a a book the journal with his name crossed out a notebook with his name crossed out and put it on yours like that's a mental slap it's a slap in the face it's like oh, oh man they don't respect me how do i earn this how did you go about it mentally on the day-to-day -to, -day to try to earn not only your playing time but the respect of your coaches and your your, your teammates yeah for me um I feel like it kind of all results back on like for me I, I stayed grounded if that makes sense I kind of remembered my roots like I mentioned before my Iranian side I knew how to handle success and my Tongan side knew how to handle failure um so for me like just knowing that that's just the beginning like for me it wasn't an end point like a lot of people when when failure hits or adversity hits they constantly think of like if that makes sense like oh I don't know what to do I can't do this like this and that and I was just like oh, you know I kind of took it like almost like like in a movie like someone gets punched in the face they don't get affected by it but they're bleeding and they kind of just like you know yeah. all right you know what I'm saying it's kind of like one of those moments like boom I got hit I'm like all right you know what I'm saying like that's fine and like I a big thing for me was I wasn't positive about it because if I'm too positive about it I'm not realistic with myself right and, oh, it's okay. Like, you're going to be fine. But no, you're not going to be fine if I just sit here and get punched in the face. Keep getting punched in the face. And I can't be negative about it because obviously negative is wrong. So I stayed neutral about it. And that makes sense. Um, I, I recognized what was going on. What was the problem? Um, I had neutral self-talk. Like, you know, not like, um, you know, I'd show up to practice every day or, or you know, moments like that. Like, oh, you're going to do great. This and that. No, like, you have to do great. Like, this is what you got to do. Recognize what you got to, you know, put in the work, you know, and, and conquer that. And for me, like that was huge. Like, and I, I kept that 
notebook my whole years there right in my top drawer so like i would see it every day in my locker um and it was just something that kind of like you know even days i'm like man i'm tired i don't feel like this this and that pop that pop that first drawer open see his name crossed out and mine written close that locker i'm ready to go you know what i'm saying so like for me that was just huge just because like and i'm happy that that notebook single-handedly like is probably a big reason why i've had a lot of success today and it kind of sounds crazy that a piece of paper a couple pieces of paper and a you know with the cover on it is is where i'm at today but i would say that that uh, it's just kind of just like it's bigger than just obviously the object but uh, the whole meaning behind it if that makes sense and i worked my way up the depth chart no one expected me um to do any of that and and i did it <laughs> i think that's awesome man i love the the points that you men mentioned there staying grounded neutral thinking um i'm a big advocate of that i i had trevor moad on the show a couple was a year yeah. ago he actually just passed away he's russell wilson's mental he's, consultant yeah he was i was a fan of his that's yeah. where well that's you know yeah <laughs> that's where he, so you're you're familiar with moad's work then mm -hmm. yeah because he would come speak to us um a couple times at oregon um i'd be right there soaking it all in um and i wasn't familiar with the vocabulary of a neutral mindset but i know that's what i had if that makes sense in those moments so totally to be able to get the vo vocabulary from him and and really realize that and notice that it's actually a thing like that was a huge changing point in my life just because like it was finally all right there in front of me now i knew <laughs> what to really focus on you know i was just kind of going off feelings but now like i know what it is and man yeah, rest in peace. He's he's dope. But you were saying he was on, he was on your show. Oh yeah, yeah. I had Trevor on my show after I read his book. Um, I I had him on my show and he just chatted with us about neutral thinking and just so much, so much power in that. Uh, and and I love because what you said, you're like I wasn't gonna be like overly positive when you said that. You're like I'm not gonna be overly positive because that's not realistic. But you also don't need to be negative. Like don't need to vocalize your negative thoughts. You need to realize here it is and then do the work each day. And, uh, and it's cool. Cause as you're saying that, I'm like, that's like Trevor Moad talking to me, man. That's great. So as you're chatting, I'm like, dang, dude, you implemented that. That's super dope. You know, I also think you could actually make another movie and a whole new meaning behind the notebook. I think that should be its own new movie, not a romantic one. This is a whole motivational story, but I, I definitely think that's something you could do with that. Cause I think that's super sick. And I, I hope people are learning from you right now. Cyrus says you're sharing your story of like, just, okay, stay grounded, do the work. There's no guarantees, but that's life. Uh, but, you know, good things do happen. You learn a lot of things along the way. What would you say before you, you know, you ended your tenure at Oregon and decided to transfer? What would you say the biggest thing you learned was? What was like your favorite memory at Oregon and the biggest thing you learned at Oregon? Because that's a freaking awesome program, man. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, I did leave. I still talk to those guys all the time. Uh, they're my, you know, they're, they're forever my family. I don't, I don't regret a single thing at Oregon. Um, some of the best years of my life. Um, you get treated like a freaking king there. Like, you know, like I got like 30 plus jerseys, game jerseys, different ones, like waiting for me, you know, at, at the facilities, you know, $10,000 Jordans, all that, all that stuff is super cool. But behind all the bells and whistles was a great program. You know, they would bring guys in like Trevor Moad and I feel like it, the reason why they were bringing in a lot of those people was because it reflected our program. Um, but, um, you know, some of the best, I mean, Rose Bowl was, was pretty dope, you know? And Rose Bowl is, is kind of like a West Coast. Like, if you're a kid on the West Coast, I mean, everyone knows about the Rose Bowl, but, like, 
man, like a kid growing up, like, man, I want to play in the Rose Bowl, you know? So um, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, blocking for whatever he's worth, $100 million right now, Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> that's a good friend of mine. You know, I've made some great relationships there. That's probably like some key moments, you know, just because um, how special he is um, and to be able to, stop guys from trying to destroy him and he's at where he's at he's not injured or anything you know what i'm saying yeah. cool like hey man i got to you know i got to block for you and it, it's an honor and then obviously running behind guys like Pune Sewell, right is is pretty cool like just being around just successful great players and seeing how successful they are now um is kind of like a, a highlight to me just because like hey i played with those guys um i can you know I feel like I can play against them too, and and it, it's a big confidence booster. If that makes sense. Um, but as far as like a key memorable moment, man, that Rose Bowl was, was something else, right? And we're playing against a good Wisconsin team with Jonathan Taylor, um, and man, those guys were those are some of the bigger dudes I've ever played against. Um, <laughs> those guys are whatever they say, corn fed. They were for sure corn fed. Like those dudes were huge. So being able to do that, go to Disneyland. Um, they do like special dinners, I guess, like historic dinners, like all that stuff um, was great. Uh, that was kind of like my key moment. Probably the Rose Bowl is something I'll never forget. For sure. That's super cool. I, that year, I'm a, I'm a huge Ohio State fan, by the way, just as a <laughs> side note. So like I'm a huge Buck. They call me the Boise Buckeye, although I am a Boise State grad, born and raised here. Like I love Boise State, of course, but I'm a huge Ohio State fan. So that year I went to the college football playoff game against Clemson when Ohio State got screwed over. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. The other outside of that game, I kept saying the best bowl game of the year here with matchups is Oregon, Wisconsin. I was like, sure. that was such a good matchup between two solid programs that were, you know, just punchy in the mouth, physical football yeah. teams. And it turned out to be a game that was, it was kind of sloppy, but it was kind of at the same time, like it was <laughs> grinded out, like just figure out a way to get it done. And, uh, I remember just being like, dang, dude, like some people be like, ah, oh, it wasn't a high scoring game. I was like, but that was a great game because yeah. everyone was off their rhythm, but they were still grinding, trying to figure it out throughout the whole game. And then one team gets it done. I thought it was so awesome. Like that memory. And I had a buddy of mine who actually went to that game. So it's cool to talk to you about it and hear that that was one of your favorite memories because that was, I remember that year was like, that was one of the best bowl games, in my opinion, with matchups, two awesome programs. <laughs> and it was like, I said, it was a slug fest. Like it was, and it, it, it made it so much better that it was on grass. Like, and everyone's like all marked up, like we're muddy. Like, it was just like, it was wild, man. I just remember, like, I have flashes. I don't remember the whole game just because I have flashes of it. Just all I remember is just just going, like, hitting people, blocking people. Just like, it was just wild. Like, <laughs> and I remember I caught a, it was like a Texas or swing route. Like, and I like lunged forward and some dude just came hit my head. And I was just like ringing and it was the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I <laughs> don't want to tell a coach that yeah I was just ringing I couldn't see a thing but yeah it was great I felt fantastic and then we start uh we came back me and Panay were standing they were driving on us it was kind of like almost over like they were supposed to beat us and me and Panay are standing on the bench and I'm like hey bro like I have some weird feeling like we're they're about to fumble right now we're gonna get this ball back and as soon as I say that the next play I think uh, the receiver, uh, we have a guy named Brady Breeze. He plays for the Titans now. He's from Oregon, uh, Lake Oswego, Oregon. And he comes in and just hits the dude and then he fumbles. And then I think Justin Herbert pulled it on like a 30-yard run to win the game. And Justin Herbert didn't run all year, so it was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. 
know what I'm saying? Because we were trying to protect them. But and then like at the end, like it was dope because the the sunset. We had chrome helmets on, so all yeah. our, all our all our helmets were all orange and red. Like just looked like sunset helmets. Didn't even look chrome. It was the craziest thing. It was just dope. It was perfect. Perfect scenery. Um, our coach all week was talking about it only takes one point, this and that, one yard, one this, and we win by one point. So it's like it was just like a perfect movie. Does that make sense? <laughs> 100%, man. And the granddaddy of them all. That's the coolest thing is like it was is it's like the perfect setup for especially an athlete like yourself who got to be part of it. I think that's just so cool. And you have those memories forever. Um, that's awesome. I love hearing those types of stories, man. And, you know, as you get to Boise State, Cyrus, I, I kind of want to know, you know, obviously – relatively new here how do you feel like as far as relatively you're a seasoned like individual you know how to play the game it's not like you're a new player you understand the game football but as far as like in boise how was the reception coming to boise like you feel like you've been well received not only by your teammates but by the the community as well oh for sure um 100 um i kind of came in here i understood who i was like i i know i came from i guess i wouldn't say a bigger school but you get it it's oregon it's very it's it's a national brand um so i kind of was gonna come in here thinking like you know these guys i'm the new guy and obviously boise doesn't have the best beef with oregon um you know <laughs> it's it's a you know what i'm saying it's it, those games are wild um so i was just like i didn't know what to expect you know guys you know um it's just a lot of things i'll be honest it's even like the national attention the instagram like it's just like big. Everything that Oregon is big. Everything's hyped up. So I just didn't want to come in and be like, oh, everyone's looking at me as this, this overly hyped guy. And, um, you know, I didn't want to come in and, and be that guy who's expecting everything and not have to work it for anything. And I, I appreciate that I got here and my coaches, I was with the last group uh, running or like uh, offense. I was like on like last string. It was like there's six backs. So I was like six string uh, when I got here. So I, I I'm happy that that happened because I got to work my way up. Um, but as far as the, the the players, like everyone was super cool, down to earth, um, and just included me in, if that makes sense. Like it was just it was dope. I'm glad it turned out to be like that. It turned out exactly how I wanted to. I just didn't want anyone to, you know, just think I'm I'm coming in thinking I'm too cool for everybody because obviously I'm not. But um, the fans were super welcoming. I I, uh, I do want to interact with more people in the community. I did a lot of that at, at Oregon. It's huge in the community. Uh, I was doing food drives, feeding homeless, doing a bunch of stuff. Um, so that's something I do want to work on. But as far as like the, the Twitter engagement and social media, very like super positive. Um, they're awesome to me. I'm get. I don't think I've received any hate. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> oh, that that is nice, then, huh? Like, and hey, if you need help with the connections out there in the community, I've got a lot of connections in the community. Yeah, We'd love to get you out there. Like, it, about it, it. it. Sure, I'd love to because. Man, like that that stuff for me is, is huge just because, um, like I mentioned earlier, football is kind of like a platform. So um, we're not kind of, it is a platform. So I'd love to use my platform and kind of be an example to people that, um, hey, you should use it for this and not uh, throwing money at the club and going crazy. Only yeah. one, once in a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 every once in a while. Um, <laughs> So as we as we get to this, you know, Cyrus, um, this is actually going to be cool. The listeners here are going to be like, "Oh, dude, I'm going to." So get ready. You might get some DMs. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, the the biggest life lesson that football has taught you up to this point. I mean, obviously, hopefully, there's more football in your future, right? But up until this point, what would you say the biggest life lesson has been from football? I like to compare the the you know the parallels between sports and real life. What's yeah. the biggest life lesson you learned in football so far in your journey? 
Man. That one has me a bit stuck. <laughs> um, biggest life lesson I've learned in football. It's just, it's hard because there's so many. And it's, it's a, every day is a freaking life lesson. But the biggest one for me, um, I would say for me, I would say it, it's taught me to have a get to, not got to attitude. You know what that means? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, when I learned that through football, so basically, obviously, you wake up every day, and it's it's helped me tremendously with. I've never really had mental health problems, but just it's my mental health in general, like, um, and life in general. It's it's. Caught, I feel like football has taught me to look at life so differently, if that makes sense, in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I used to wake up even like before I guess college, um, where they got to attitude like, oh. I got to do this. I got to run hills at 6 a.m. I, You know what I'm saying? I always, I guess, looking at the end goal. I would say football has taught me to live in the now um, with a get-to attitude. You know, I get to play football. I get to go run these hills. It's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. So I feel like, for me, football is huge with living in, like, the present day. Um, as far as, like I mentioned, staying grounded just because um, I've had so many close people to me pass away in an instant. It's like... You know, I was just talking to you guys and now it's gone, you know, and and I feel like a lot of people are um, so like worked out about the end goal. If that makes sense uh, in life and trying to be rich or some people don't even want to be rich, just whatever they want to be, you know, want to be a whatever, you know. And I just feel like for me, um, football has really taught me just to, you know, really enjoy the moment of life. Um, and it's helped, you know, college football has gone by so fast, but I feel like, like, they say life goes by super fast, but I feel like life goes by a bit slower when you live in the now and enjoy. Um, and that's kind of like a thing for me, like um, this whole year I've learned that and it's kind of wild as this year feels longer than my entire career at Oregon, if that makes sense. Um, and man, I just, I'm gonna continue to keep working on that. And I feel like for anybody who can, kind of conquer that skill um, to live in the now, um, you know, and I've had uh, someone just close uh, pass away. And, and for some reason, when I've learned to live in the now, the, I wouldn't say the death was easier, but it just made me really realize, man, like I spent a lot of great time with, with that person and, and I've been able to enjoy the moment. And that's the same thing with, with my guys at Oregon too. Like, you know, I miss them a lot, but Hey man, I, I lived in, in the moment there and, and I enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, I wasn't as good as as I was at it now, but um, it made that transition and it made a lot of hardships, makes a lot of hardships a lot easier, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. I love that. It's a, it's a great reference. It's a great life lesson to live in the now, have a get to, not got to attitude. I think that's huge. It's easier said than done, but it's a huge thing. And that's why I always tell people like athletes are not dumb jocks. Uh, they learn a lot of life lessons through their, their sports endeavors. They're not they're, They actually understand life. And the fact that you're able to understand that now that's stuff that like business owners and all these people that are like in, in their real life right now, just doing their stuff. They still struggle with that. They don't have a, a get to attitude. And that's something that sports have taught you. And I think that's super cool to be able to have that at this age now, as it builds the foundation for the rest of your life, whether it be throughout the rest of your athletic career and then on to regular life, whatever it may be. But it, it builds the foundation now. Um, Cyrus, I got, I got just a few more questions I want to ask you as we wrap okay. it up. I'm really sorry um, for, for the time, but uh, I just, I had a couple questions as adversity, 
at Boise State currently this season, this is 2021, and if somebody happens to listen to this next year or a year after, whenever, come across your interview, obviously not the season everybody was looking for for as far as record-wise and all this stuff, and, and that's adversity. That's real. That's that's reality, in my opinion. That's how life works, and not every season is going to be a perfect season. In fact, in sports, it's actually very rare that a team goes undefeated. Um, in any level of athletics, it's actually very rare that somebody goes undefeated because it's very difficult to win every single game. Yeah. But – Boise State, there's some expectations there. Oh, we're so used to having this, 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 this. How do you handle adversity? Is it living in the current moment and just taking things step by step? Is that kind of the thing that you guys are doing that you yourself are doing? Or how do you overcome this adversity that you're feeling? And I guess maybe what advice would you give to others, other teams, other yeah. players doing the same thing? No, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, living, you know, in the now is, is something we're definitely doing. But when it comes to an end goal um, for us, I feel like it's, our main goal is just to respond, um, if that makes sense. And being 1-0 on the week, I know it sounds cliche. Everyone's like, oh, I'll be 1-0 each, each week. But honestly, that's probably one of the best things in football, just because you, you're right. It is hard to win win games. It doesn't matter if you're playing Alabama or if you're playing, no disrespect to them, like Stony Brook or somebody. Like, you know, like, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Like, it's hard to win games just because there's so much on the line. Um and these people, everybody works out and then grind, you know, so hard in the off season just to battle it out, you know. So um, it's, a, it's a game of, of inches. It's wild. So for us, like, you know, I've never really been a part of something like this. So it's kind of a learning experience. And I think the most frustrating part for us is, is man, like a lot of these games is we're losing to ourselves. I know a lot of people make excuses with refs and, oh, we're this and that. We were short on this injury. But no, it's like. A lot of our games, you know, UCF, Oklahoma State is is rolling right now, and I'm not gonna lie, we should have had those guys, you know, and like, yeah. I firmly believe that. I'm not just saying that because we lost. Um, and respect to them, they're a great team. Um, but for us, it's just responding. Um, you know, I know it, it's hard with with a lot of the backlash, and and it, it sucks because you know I'm, I grew up on the West Coast too, so like I know who Boise State is and and the winning tradition and. And um, that's what I expected coming in into this, if that makes sense. And and um, where we're at right now, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Like this is a great learning experience for us. And um, you know, we want to go. Still, we still have a chance to go to the Mount West Conference. And I hear a lot of people talking about like, oh, we need Air Force to lose this and that. Like the whole thing, like for us, is like we like I said, we need to respond. And, and for us, like just focus on ourselves, just win out, you know, don't worry about who wins games, loses games. Don't rely on anybody else. If we win out, it'll all fall in place. We don't go fine. That, that That's fine. But we won out and we know that we won out. That makes sense. Totally. I love it. The response is the biggest piece. Like how do you respond to adversity? Like it happens. Okay. You can't change the fact that it happened. What you can change is how you respond. That's that's the only thing you really have control over. I think that's huge. Absolutely huge. For now, sure. Cyrus, who was the biggest mentor in your life up until this point and why? Ooh, man. <laughs> biggest mentor for me, probably uh, my uncle, my dad's. So my dad's the oldest, um, next in line, my uncle Lay. Um, just because uh, he was the first one that, you know, I wanted to play football. My mom didn't want me to play. Um, Grew up obviously in a Persian background. Football is not uh, like the <laughs> thing that people play. Play soccer. Um, so tried soccer. I was elbowing kids and you know getting cards all over. So, um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, so uh, 
yeah, my uh, my mom wasn't really too with it with me playing football, and uh, I played football um, at first where my mom was at, just because it was a better area, and I feel like I'd learn a lot more. So like my my uncle would drive all the way across town to pick me up from my mom's house, which was literally like five minutes away from the practice field. So he's driving like an hour a day, if that makes sense. Um, so just kind of what he's done for me, just to take me to practice, but what he's done for me, um, we talk all the time, we talk after the games. Um, just my biggest mentor as far as um, spiritually, you know, with, with my faith, um, mentally and physically, all, all three aspects. Um, he's helped out a lot, but uh, I feel like for him, like, especially as a mentor, he's just given me such confidence, you know, doesn't matter who I'm playing. I always feel like, man, like, you know, he'd be like, oh, like, you'd be good. But he'd be like, oh, man, that dude weak. Like, don't worry. <laughs> like, oh, you right. Kind of in the back of my head, I'm like, he's not weak. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, but still, I just get this. It's not a false confidence. It's it's, it's true confidence. And, and it, he helps me realize who I am and what I'm capable of um, and that I can play. I feel like, you know, he's a big reason why I feel like I can play anywhere um, in the country. So, um, for him, just, yeah, that's my biggest mentor probably just because, um, we've been through so much together. Um, you know, I could score four tugs, 300 yards after the game. He'd be like, well, you did this and this wrong. You know, you should have blocked him, right? Blah, blah. I always got something to say after the game. And while everyone else is like patting me on the back, he's just kind of that guy that's just right there. Like, well, you did this and this wrong. And I need that. And I love that from him. So that's probably my biggest mentor. <laughs> Man, I, I love that. And I hope those listening – can see that's that's the type of corner man you want you know i'll use boxing references as, as a former boxer myself i you want that kind of a corner man someone gives you that confidence uh someone gives you the tough love but someone who's there for you and will break their back literally to get you to the next level like they they see the they see you and they get that belief instilled in you and i think that's that's super super cool to hear that and that's what i want i want to be someone like that so me myself i, I want to be someone like that as a coach right now i coach basketball i want to be able to be somebody like that yeah. those young young men right i want to be like that as a father i want to be like that so i appreciate you sharing that that's that's super cool and i hope those listening can learn from that as well so cyrus as you as we wrap up the interview um where do you see yourself in the next three to five years do you want yeah. to continue playing football what's your what's your plans after college is is completed whenever that may be yeah so my whole goal um as far as when it comes to football is i want to be able to play until i'm done saying I can put, you know, I'm done playing. I can say I'm, I'm done playing. That's, that's the goal. Um, three to five years, I definitely see myself. Um, I believe this since, since we talked about like sixth, seventh grade. So I want to be in the NFL. Um, that's huge for me. Seeing some of my former teammates there already, um, it's a lot of motivation. It helps. Um, three to five years, I definitely, you know, I want to be a running back in the NFL, special teams guy. I'll even play nickel, safety, whatever it takes. <laughs> I don't mind. Linebacker, I'll put on some weight. Um, but, um, you know, I know running back is, is kind of a, not kind of, it's the shorter, you know, as far as how long-term, you know, or how longevity, how long you're going to play in the NFL. Um, it's one of the shorter positions. So I get that. So, you know, if I'm able to play for three years or five years, that's, 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 you know, as long, you know, that's, it is what it is, but I really want to be a, a sports agent. Um, that's huge for me. I've built that passion my freshman year in high school and own my own agency. So um, there's not, I don't think there is any Polynesian sports agents. If not, there's not that many. Um, and for me, I think that's huge just because all the agents I've talked to, they say Polynesians are the hardest to represent because they're so family oriented and 
um, you know, they're giving out money to uncle this, auntie that, and it's not the smartest, but it's all out of love. It's just how it is. So, um, you know, NFL and it, if, if, you know, in three years that that's it for me, then I definitely want to be a sports agent. Dope. I love that. I can't wait to see that too. We'll be rooting you on, on, on your journey. Definitely think that like, just based on the conversation I've had with you for the last 50 minutes, it's no doubt that like if that's what you want to do you're going to put the work in to do all you can in your power to do that so whether that's playing football whether that's being a sports agent whatever it may be in your life you're going to put the work in i i have a, ma a massive amount of respect for you i've enjoyed the conversation man like getting to know you more all i've seen is you on the football field right i get to see you with the helmet on and, and doing your thing but now i get to know you more as a person and that's the whole point of this and i'm just grateful that you joined the show man so shout out where, where where can we find you for any listeners is there anywhere we can follow you any shout outs that you want to do right now before we sign off yeah yeah um all my instagram or all my instagram <laughs> all my social medias are um uh, at c y r i the number 3 and then it ends with the letter e so c y r i 3 e um i kind of made all my my social medias the same just so it's easy to follow if that makes sense um shoot man on my social media i'll be you'll probably catch me dancing and doing a bunch of stuff and obviously motivating too but um you know a lot of people will love to just athletes only love to post football but you know i like tiktoks i enjoy dancing i'm gonna start streaming video games soon so um shoot man i'm just trying to do it all if that makes sense and just uh show that football is not uh, just only a complete grind you can have fun doing this so so yeah, but that that's it for you know as far as where to follow me, um, and I appreciate it. I think my email is like in some of those bios. So if anyone has questions or wants to talk about life, I'm here. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Okay, so I'll put that here in the description for everybody as well. Uh, go follow him on the social media feeds. I'll be following you on TikTok now. I'm gonna see some dancing. That's good. Uh, it's all it's all good, man. Like everybody has a blast, but I want I want people to be able to follow you and see your story and see your journey. Um, it's kind of a fun thing about it. So again, we got Cyrus Habibi Likio. Joining the show, we just want to say thanks one more time, brother, for for sharing your story, and uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're very welcome. For everybody listening, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.